Blog Talk Radio. messed up, probably not as messed up as mine, but we'll get to that part in a moment. Anyway, thank y'all for tuning in to The Clown Hour. This is Scott Burks. I'm the creator of sports blog called The Clown Times. That's clown spelled with K, by the way. You'll be able to find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net. And you'll be able to find me on Facebook. Uh, I just have a little fun right now. Not too much fun because, again, I'm kind of down the dumps <laughs> with my lacerated NCAA <laughs> bracket and the... Uh, in my Yahoo Sports Challenge group. Um, didn't mention that last week, but uh, it ain't worth it unless you want to have something to laugh at. Uh, but I'll get, that, I'll get to that in a moment, right? But at any rate, just go to the search window in the upper left-hand corner on Facebook. Uh, just type a search for the Clown Times. Again, that's Clown Spill with K. You can find me there as well. Well, yeah, we're going to be um, – well, before we get to that, you know, you know, you know, I, no, I know that the uh, this evening's uh, – Theme song is Everyone Rules the World. Everybody Rules the World, provided by one of my favorite groups, Tears for Fears. And it seems like this March, all of the underdogs are ruling the freaking world. It's, it's killing the hell out of everybody's bracket. I don't think there's any perfect bracket out there, as a matter of fact. And if it is a perfect bracket out of somebody cheated, someone sacrificed a goat, either way, that person would be dangerous. But at any rate, uh, I'll be helping, you know, I'll be going through. And crying through my bracket with my co-pilot here, y'all know him from uh, Sleazy Sports here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday night, I think it is, um, as well as a sports ball called the Clown Time. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Yard Sports, the rest of all things, HBCU Sports. See, my bracket is jacked up. I can't even think straight. Anyway, it's Wayne Nash. What's going on, brother? Say, how you doing? <laughs> Man, Scott, I'm doing all right, but first and foremost, for some um, house, house cleaning uh, going right now. We're currently on Mondays now. So Sleazy Sports oh, is Mondays. currently on okay. Mondays at 9 p.m., yes. Oh, cool. Okay, because I knew you changed it there. I knew you used to be on Tuesday night, but I yes. wasn't so sure of, of, of the move. So great, Monday, Monday. All right, so there it is, folks. Monday night, 9 o'clock, here on Blog Radio. Please tune in. Great show. Yes. At any rate, with all the pleasantries out the way, let's let's take turns of burning each other's brackets, shall we? Oh. Man, I don't know what – I mean, I don't know if someone, some of these favorites out of pissed off a witch uh, <laughs> <laughs> ran across, went afoul of a hoodoo dude in New Orleans. 
I mean, it's just chaos, man. And no, normally I love chaos. I normally do, especially when it comes to college football. Um, but, dude, where where do we start? I mean, you, I mean, look. Well, first of all, my south and in, in uh, I'm sorry, west regions are just lacerated. I mean, you have like all like two number one seeds going out early, not early. For, to become the nine, the first one seed to lose to the 16th seed, but to get the asses kicked in the process. Yes. I mean, it was just so surreal watching that. I mean, you know, I was doing something. I was watching another game, right, because I figured, you know, a 16 versus a one, I mean, no one's going to give a damn, right? So, you know, I was I was, I, I, I was uh, watching other games and checking scores on the computer at the same time while doing some other stuff. And I just noticed that, okay, the first half, Virginia and University of Maryland at Baltimore County, the Retrievers, by the way, um, they were tied at halftime at 21. Mm-hmm. I figured typical UVA game, they're going to pull out and embarrass UNBC, thanks for coming type of thing. Then I started to notice some weird things. You know that, 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 that Netflix series, Strange Things? The Stranger uh, Things. Stranger Things, one of my favorites, yes. Dude, I mean, the retrievers started to lead the Cavaliers by five. Then by, a few moments later by seven. A few moments after that by ten. I was like, wait a minute, what the what? But then again, <laughs> I figured back in my mind, we kind of seen something like this before where, you know, Princeton almost took down the mighty Georgetown Hoyas back in the day led by Alonzo Mourning. Um mm-hmm. You know, with that last minute, last second block by morning, actually, like like when they tried to run one of those patented backdoor cuts. Um, yes. But then I started seeing the league grow to 15, and now I'm like, hold the phone, I gotta tune in to this league. And dude, I last watched a few minutes, watched the last few minutes of that game. It was one of the most surreal moments I ever experienced. I it's like, and the way the fact that. The retrievers of University of Maryland at Baltimore County, they were making it look easy against perhaps one of the best teams in all college basketball. They were the top overall team. Yes. And here's this team from the quote unquote lowly uh, American East Conference just beating the crap out of the number, not only the, the top overall seed, but they were, they were also ranked first in the RPI. Mm-hmm. And they only or the squad that only had two losses the entire year. Yes, that was just un freaking real. And it was one of those things where it's one of those things where you go back like years later and just 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 recall what what you were doing at, at, at the particular moment. Kind of like when Michael Jackson died, we found out that Prince died. Well, this is pretty much when Virginia died, <laughs> a quick death <laughs> to a 16th seed and had to become part of that dubious trivia question from here. Who is exactly? God, those sports so, trivia questions. So what are your thoughts I feel bad that? for teams on the well, other side of that. Yeah, so what were, What the hell were you doing when, <laughs> when, when, when the retrievers – I mean, basketball team called the Retrievers. Go for it. But, but with the Retrievers, 
took down the Cavaliers. What were you doing at that moment, if you can recall? I was at, I was only I can recall. I was actually at a sports bar, um, watching the game, and there seemed to be mm-hmm. a large group there. I don't know if they were UMBC alum or if they were University of Virginia alum, but I was in the state of Virginia. Mm-hmm. I was in the Washington area, right outside of Georgetown in D.C. And it, okay. like I said before, there was a large contingency, contingency there. And every time UMBC hit a big three, there was an uproar. So, I don't, like I said before, I, can't, I couldn't tell you where they were from. But, <laughs> of course, everyone there was looking to see the upset. And um, first and foremost, right. I'm glad my sister finally understands that UMBC is not an HBCU. So it, it, it was just interesting that I had to explain that to her for like three days straight that no, they're not an HBCU. And the, the things that I had to use in order to prove that fact were hilarious, but I digress. Uh. But <laughs> it's interesting that you used Stranger Things as a point of reference because it seemed like the University of Virginia's men's basketball team was in the upside down. And, and I kind of explained to my sister that Virginia was – the worst yet the best team for this to happen to. Mm. And I say that because, you know, like you said, they came in as the number one overall seed. They only had two losses in the year. And even in the two losses, those losses were relatively, were extremely close, actually. They were both under uh, five points, if I remember correctly. Um, But like we've said before, if you know current Virginia history with Bennett as the head coach, if Virginia has a bad night shooting, which they did against UMBC, and someone is capable of getting hot and, and doing what they did, which was especially being able to shoot from outside, which was extending Virginia's defense, yep, and be hot in doing so, you were going to beat Virginia. But there was no way in the world you could have told me that, one, it was going to be UMBC, and two, that it was almost going to be right. by 20. Now, Yes. If you're like yeah. me, you, you, you kind of see hints uh, throughout the NCAA tournament throughout the past years. Now, the one thing I didn't realize was that it had been so long ago, but there had only been 16 teams in the past that have had the, the scoring margins within 10 when, it said, when, it, when it's a 16-to-1 matchup in terms of the final score. Right. And, and that being, you know, the, the 16th seed finishing the game with the outcome being less than 10 points. The last time that happened was Arizona uh, against Weaver State in 2014. But the most memorable yeah. one for me was the year prior when it was Gonzaga versus Southern. Of course, it's Southern HBCU. I'm watching the game. Right. And Southern was actually tied with, with Gonzaga. That was that, that team that was led by Kelly Olenek. Southern right. actually had that game tied with three and a half left to go in the second half. And it just happened to be that, 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 that Gonzaga was slowly able to pull away. Matter of fact, it happened two times that year. I can't remember who the other team was, but there was another time in which that matchup finished uh, between a 16 and 1 seed under 10 points. So you just kept seeing these things happening. You saw two seeds losing the 15s, threes losing, well, threes losing the 14s. So it was just inevitable. You just didn't know when it was going to happen. But when it happened, of course, people would want to relish in that fact. And, and this was that, that team. Because no, 
no one would have expected UMBC to do it, except for that one person that were well, those those people that were um, brazen enough to place bets on them. And I think that's something I may end up doing in the, in the, in the coming years, just placing small wagers mm-hmm. or huge upsets. But um, why not? <laughs> exactly, you, you, you end up winning big in situations like that. But um, right, yeah. My, my my, I guess my last point on that was. Like I said before, man, who, who would have guessed that that would have happened? And also, the question we was asked, and I kind of asked this in the past. You know, we, we talked about this a little bit on CZ Sports on Monday. I understand that, you know, 16 teams, supposed to, well, ones are supposed to beat 16 anyway. But why is it that University of Virginia, and this wasn't the first time that this has happened, why is it that mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily play against one of those 16 seeds that came in via the, uh, the the first four. Why didn't they that's play against the Texas question. Southern? That's a good question. I want the same thing. I want the same and, thing. And that's not the first time it's happened. Yeah, because normally you would you would have the top overall seed played very last damn team to get in, like one of like one of those sixteen seeds. That 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 shocked me right there. That really really shocked me. Yeah, and that's not the first time that's happened. So I'm just still mm-hmm. curious on why the committee does that. And that's just in a, in a mild defense to the University of Virginia. They probably right. weren't supposed to play them, but at the same time, they were supposed to beat them. Yeah. You don't lose UMBC by 20 points. No. One. Not in Charlotte. They played a game in Charlotte, which is which made which, – which you one would think had a big UVA contingent. You know what I'm saying? I know that watching the game, like you heard the crowd go louder and louder when you when uh when when the retrievers I can't believe I'm I'm still saying that word like for college but when the retrievers were pulling away and it was just a surreal moment. Like people were like stuck between like cheering louder and being flabbergasted or in some cases crying. <laughs> like the CBS, <laughs> that was so cool when they panned the crowd, the UBA continued oh. on tears. Oh, I feel bad for him to a certain degree. Yeah, to a certain degree, but I, I'm like, look, and, and credit to Tony Bennett, he was very, very, very classy, very classy in defeat. He praised UNBC, and he said, you know what? It happens. When you play a team that, that gets that hot and you, couldn't, you yourself couldn't throw it in the broad side of the ocean, that's basketball. That's sports. That's that's basketball. It, it could be very cruel, almost like baseball. It could be very, very, very cruel. Angle. Um, it, it, it stuff just happens. I mean, I mean, the, I mean the UNBC was just hot. They were crazy hot. And if you hit shots, if you play against a team that hits shots the way we're hitting the threes and the twos and getting open, there's not a damn thing you can do about that. Nothing to hear. Especially if you can't hit yourself. It's just it. It was just weird how it, it just goes to show. No matter how talented you are, if you're not hitting your shots, you play against a quote unquote lesser team that's hitting most of theirs. Mm-hmm. I mean, rather, rather a lion's share of their own shots. That's not. That's you in trouble. Period. That's just basketball. Everybody felt the same way that you felt. Everyone thought, including myself, that Virginia would be capable of coming through 
and, and turning up their defense and stopping UMBC. But the later yeah. that game went, kept saying to yourself, maybe if you were me, uh-oh, they're not <laughs> stopping them. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, the fact that they gave up 53 total points in the second half alone to UMBC is insane. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. It's this is I never seen anybody do that to Virginia all season. Not even Duke, not even North Carolina, no. not even West Virginia. These are great teams that the DBA has played all year. That hasn't been done. That hasn't yeah. been done to, to that point. But we'll get back to Virginia in a moment. But let's just as I'm looking at my brackets on, on Yahoo Sports, let me just cry over my brackets right quick. The whole. <laughs> Left side of my bracket in the south and in the west regions are filled with red. <laughs> They're totally filled <laughs> with red. I mean, I mean, shoot, Kansas State, Buffalo beating Arizona. Oh, who, by the way, I had Arizona in my final game. How about that? Uh, <laughs> and now enough, Arizona, I had Arizona beating UVA in the Sweet 16. So Ooh. it's yeah, yeah, it was. It's, it's been been that type of tournament so far. Uh, how about Loyola Chicago? What a great story ah. that that school is. I, I actually had them beat Miami in the first round. Believe it or not. Oh, I, I got something to say about Loyola uh, Chicago in a minute. But go oh, ahead. Oh, go ahead, please. No, no, oh. no, no. Okay, well, well, right quick. Like that nun. I don't know if that nun again has evil powers. Some, but but she's an inspirational and they're an inspirational story. And they're in the Sweet 16, man, after taking out Tennessee. Yeah. Um, but watching that choke job that UC, right quick, had against Nevada, I watched that live in the second half at, at, a, at, a, at an Irish pub, like literally down the street from my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And to see those fans become, you know, obviously it's UC territory. So to see all those Bearcat fans go from jubilant at the beginning of the second half to, like, shocked and stunned and, Cursing <laughs> and weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, it's it's again. It's been that type of tournament. It's been that type of tournament. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll get to Western Woman, but I want you to get to your because uh, I'm curious about your lawyer in Chicago story. I'm curious about that. Oh yeah. So um, out of my three sixteen, I'm looking at my um, my ESPN bracket, <clears throat> and if memory serves me yes. uh, correctly. Because I'm, I'm having uh, some issues putting up my uh, my Yahoo bracket. Like I said before, I only did I did three brackets outside of our sleazy sports bracket, and my sleazy sports bracket was slightly different from the ones that I did in terms of quote unquote competition, either for or, or, or not for money. And with that being said, one of the major differences that I did between the sleazy and the others was that I had Loyola Chicago in my Sweet 16. And that's due to the influence of, of my show host, well, my co-host, uh, uh, Sweet Lou and Coach, because they, they said a couple of mm-hmm. things during the show that made me think, hmm, maybe I need to go ahead and put my faith in Loyola of, of Chicago a little bit more than I thought, especially against a team like Tennessee, who is one of those wavering teams where I'm like, Mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 yep. if they play well, they could go. Tennessee is, is like the University of Virginia in a sense to me when, when it comes to college basketball, especially of this year, where if they play well like any team, of course they can advance. 
but they could also be beaten. Right. It's not like they were un, an unbeatable number three seed, but it's just sad right. that, you know, not sad, it's, 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 it's interesting. Even though this year isn't the most um, period, uh, period, uh, I'm not trying to make sure I get this word correctly, is it period, or, or parodied, parodied, there we go, the most parodied tournament of all times. Shout out to you, I had a, a, a Pudu Tang moment and it's trying to pronounce parodied in his past yeah. tense. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's something about, you know, certain letters together, man, get me a little thrown off, but I, it's not like I talk for a living. Who am I? Uh, but mm-hmm. it, it, this is not the most parodied tournament of all time, but it's, it, it is one of the most, it, it is still relatively competitive. And, 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 and as we've seen, Anybody, top four, top five seed, can be knocked out at any moment. And mm-hmm. that was just one of those spots. But, yeah, out of out of my final 16, I only have five correct. And, yeah, uh, mm. Loyola of Chicago was one of those five. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Well, they're a great story. I mean, you got a bunch yeah. of good stories that's coming so far. And speaking of good stories, this booth is a where – yeah, I had David get going out of the Sweet 16 to Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one immediately thought they'd lose to Florida State. Um, and how about no. that? And, 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 you know, and, uh, I'll get to this in a moment, but it's just a weird occurrence out of a school like Florida State the Sweet 16. I'll get to that momentarily. Michigan made it to the Sweet 16, but what really got me going, even though I took a huge L in the process, it's watching Texas A&M just – Curb stomped the hell out of Carolina and Charlotte. I just got a rise out of that. Who I, knew? I know, right? Who I mean, if, if you look, everything is predicated on matchups, right? Uh-huh. Carolina's undersized. They're very undersized. And Texas A&M, they had like three dudes in the start line who were like least 6'10". Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is people forget early season when Texas A&M is focused, they can ball. They got big dudes. Long, they're quick, they get up in your own defense, and they can light it up. And that's exactly what happened. And by like eight in the first half, um, when, mm-hmm. when Luke May got his third foul, I think his second or third foul, we had to sit for a while. And, and, and that's when the tide started to turn because, like, because it took away that one big dude that Carolina had to go against the, the, those long trees from Texas A&M. But Texas A&M, they started hitting. Similar to, like, Virginia UMBC, they started hitting, mm-hmm. hitting a lot. Carolina went cold. And, again, Carolina, like, I mean, even though they're, like, one of the better rebounding teams, offensive rebounding teams especially, they're undersized. They do it by technique and quickness. But A&M just out-rebounded the hell out of Carolina on top of that. And, again, yes. all of that in Charlotte, which is pretty much Chapel Hill South when it comes to college basketball. Yeah. That yeah. made me feel very good because I hate Did Carolina. You that, I hate Carolina. Oh, I can't stand a fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, that made me feel very good about losing my bracket. Did you see that, though? And they're going out early, too. There was a, a stat that they showed um, during the game, actually, uh-huh. that Carolina, mm-hmm. throughout the history of the tournament, I think the record was 34-1 and one up until that game, 
that's their record in the state of North Carolina while playing in the NCAA tournament up until that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 34-1. And, and oddly enough, that one loss they referred to as Black Sunday. Because um, if I remember correctly, both Carolina and Duke both lost their tournament games that Sunday in the state of, of North Carolina. Do you remember when that and was? So, that would be a good choice. Matter of fact, let me see if, if I can Google it real quick to see if I can find it. But um, <laughs> they, they did talk about that, and, and it's odd that I can't remember the year um, mm-hmm. when that happened. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. But continue. Yeah, so I'm eager to hear that bit, like because it's one thing when it's used against those Tahoe fans and Duke D O O K fans as well, even though you know I don't have hatred for Duke as a Duke for Carolina, but this is my saying as an NC State alum and fan. It's like like uh, Carolina sucks and Duke swallows. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> that's how that's how I. Uh, I, that's how, that's my feelings about the two schools, but yeah, but but while you're looking at that, it's just I just go on here and say it's just amazing that your Sweet Sixteen on the on the left side of the bracket is comprised of Kentucky, Loyola, Chicago, Nevada, Florida State, and that and that's in the South, Florida State, Gonzaga, mm-hmm. Michigan, and Texas A&M in the in the West. That's just hilarious to me. That no both both brackets. Have no number one seeds in sight, which is pretty hilarious to me. And speaking of speaking of uh, Kentucky, how would you like to be John Calipari right now, playing the Sweet Sixteen in Atlanta, which pretty much is almost like Lexington South because they sometimes play the the conference tournaments there, and Kentucky travels well anyway. The fans travel well mm-hmm. anyway. They have the easiest path to the Final Four. I mean, they could just pretty much just moonwalk their asses all the way to, to, <laughs> to the final four. I mean, because look who they have to play. Kansas, no, no offense to Kansas State. They came, they, you know, they come from the tough Big 12, but they're Kansas State. It's if Kansas, Kansas, State, Kansas right. State. They should beat them by double digits. Yeah, they should beat them by they, – if, they, if, they, if Kansas State comes with, like, uh, within 15 points of, of Kentucky, I'd be shocked. And I'd be shocked. And, and, and Coach Kyle should be embarrassed and pissed about that if that were to happen. And, you know, the other side of the bracket, I mean, once Kentucky takes out Kansas State, they get the win of Loyola, Chicago, Nevada, and Atlanta. <laughs> Man, that's just hilarious. And, and, you know, the funny part is, is that uh, Coach, Coach Kyle had the nerves to bitch and complain about playing in, 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 in Boise like the first two games, even though they are they, they like they, they are undeceded. He's right about that. He, they're grossly undeceded, like like undeceded, given that the SEC had a great year in college basketball. It's one of the best years, actually. And to see them so undeceded and hear Coach Kyle bitch about going to Boise to play his first two games and, and like his first two-round games and to all to fold – to go right according to plan almost. Pretty much their biggest competition is probably going to be Nevada if they yeah. beat Loyola of Chicago. And yeah. that's just, again, it's just funny how everything just works out. It, it, it goes to show you, boys and girls, if it's loud enough, you can make good things happen. <laughs> just ask <laughs> <out>. uh, <laughs> 
Oh, one oh, to boy. answer to answer your question, that year for Black Sunday was 1979. Yeah. And like wow. I said before, both games were played in the same building the same day. Carolina playing first mm-hmm. and losing first, and then followed by Duke. But if you yeah. if you're Jay Billis, you're thinking that the uh, University of Nevada, Loyola, uh, uh, well Loyola of Chicago, and K State mm-hmm. are three yep. of the well uh, of three are the, the of the five worst teams remaining in the tournament. So like you mm-hmm. said, Kansas has. Well, according to Jay Billis, and probably you and I as well, because they are the lower seeds out of everyone else, the easiest way of making it to the Final Four. Now, the thing is, what they don't want to do is lose to in-state rival K-State, and then they really don't want to lose to the likes of Nevada and, and the current Cinderella Loyola of Chicago. If that happens... Well, you mean Kentucky, right? Yes. If that happens yeah. to Kentucky, I'm sorry, it's, it's like mm-hmm. Kansas State, I'm sorry, I thought it's, see, shame on me, Kentucky State is an HBCU <laughs> and they play in Division <laughs> 2. <laughs> sorry about that. But, yeah, Kansas, Kentucky oh, no, State against uh, uh, Kansas State, I forget, Kansas is in another bracket, and, and, uh-huh. and they're going to have problems. The one thing, and I guess I'll get to that a little bit later, I should have known going into the tournament who was going to be in the Final Four, and I picked against them anyway. But history has shown that this happens, and, and I, I don't think you're going to like me saying what I'm going to say a little bit later on, uh, Scott. Uh-oh. But, yeah, the, the, right. I, like you said, I agree. Kentucky has the easiest road, but I think that this team is going to end yeah. up winning it all, and history is on their side. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You know what? If they do win it all, this would be no, not, not Kansas, not Kentucky. Not Kentucky. The team that that you don't want me to say is going to win it all. I think is going to win it all. Oh, Duke. You mean Duke? Oh, you mean yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to I say it to yet, it but I have to win it all. <laughs> I have to win it all. I, I, I should have <laughs> known. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy, and, and history has shown yeah. that when certain things happen, they end up winning the title. And one of those things is yep. whenever Carolina wins it, Duke ends up winning the title in about three years after or three years or less. Oh, God. We're looking oh, at that time frame, bro. So I'm just saying they won it a year ago. Well, yeah. speaking of the Dukies, they got a pretty decent way past the Final Four, even though Kansas is still alive. and They're playing the, the Midwest region, uh, Sweet 16 in Omaha. And by the way, mm-hmm. how the hell does Kansas keep getting away with this shit? They play the first <laughs> two games in, in, in Wichita, Kansas. And they play Sweet <laughs> 16 in Omaha, which is which is Lawrence North. Why do they keep yeah. getting away? Who keeps giving Kansas this? Who, who keeps giving Kansas home court advantage the first two rounds? It's similar to Carolina. They do Carolina like that, too. If they have a high seed, they give them home court advantage the first two rounds. And then in, in Kansas' case, they give them the freaking Sweet 16. You know what? I still think Duke's going to be is going to come out of the region. Um, mm-hmm. They'll beat Syracuse, and I'll get to Syracuse in a minute. But then on you know, the other side, they get the winner of Kansas and Clemson. Let me tell you this about Clemson. I, I didn't expect Clemson to show out like this. I mean, I, I picked New Mexico State to upset them, you know, because of the classic 12-5 matchups. 
But they did a number on New Mexico State, and they beat the dog piss out of Auburn. They made Auburn look like a, a, a YMCA squad. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they just made them – I mean, they just put – they were pinstriping them from the jump. But similar to, you know, UMBC and Texas A&M, Clemson was hitting their shots. They, they, the, the Tigers were hitting – the Clemson Tigers, that is, were hitting the shot, while the Auburn Tigers couldn't even buy a shot. And they'll turn the ball over, and and it looks like it's going to be the last game that Bruce Pearl's going to coach because of his involvement in the FBI probe. And he's <laughs> been in, he's been in trouble off the court before. Which I think is unfortunate because I like him a lot as a guy, and I think he's a one hell of a coach. I mean, to win at Auburn like this, just after just after one season, just after just being two seasons there, it's just amazing. But I, you know what? Home court advantage be damned. I think Clemson has a shot at taking out Kansas. I really do. Mm. Because with Kansas, they live and die by the three. They're not that deep. Um, and Clemson, they're just athletic, they're, and they're playing with no fear. What is Clemson? Uh, what do they have to lose? They're the fifth seed. They're playing at the Fatal Road game against mm-hmm. Kansas. If Kansas has one of those games that they've been having sometimes throughout the years, where they go cold in three point range, they couldn't buy, and then and they and they just just turtle, if you will, just turtle up. Clemson could actually take out Kansas. They really can. And, you know, this is one of the fallacies of me being a fan. Just thinking with my heart instead of my head, I saw this just in real quick. I had Kansas lose to NC State in, in the second round. Silly me. <laughs> silly, silly, silly me. But that's not a here nor there. But let's just go back to Syracuse real quick. They're in the Midwest region. I, I you know, me, you and I, we, we, we ran it, and, and I just totally bitched over Syracuse getting in over Notre Dame. And mm-hmm. SC, um, you know, I still didn't. I still think that they had no business being in, the orange. Has no business being in the tournament. I will go to my dying. I say that to my dying day. But those guys are balling. Yes, they are. One that playing game, beat TCU and beat Michigan State, and making Michigan State look rather ordinary in doing so. I mean, but 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 this is this is but this is when you know you're living a charm life. If you're Syracuse, how the hell do you get out rebounded by twenty and still win? Michigan State out rebounded Syracuse by twenty and still lost. That's just hilarious and weird at the same time. I'll tell you, the theme of this tournament is Stranger Things. It's just yes. weird, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, I think Duke and Syracuse would be entertaining. Two guys who were led by two Hall of Fame coaches who are great friends off the court, and uh, Coach K and uh, 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 Master for those who don't know, and uh, Jim Beheim. Uh, two of those, the biggest basketball minds uh, going at it will be nothing short of spectacular. Um, mm-hmm. But I have Duke beating Kansas. I think Clemson can beat Kansas, but. I think Kansas will get that tease and they'll, and they'll realize that they're Kansas, they don't do well in the tournament. And <laughs> Man, I hate to say this about Duke, to your point earlier. I don't see any – again, I said earlier this season, and I, I said it last week on the podcast, the only team that could beat Duke with their own is Duke. Those guys, they have two guys that 
they got two seven damn near seven foot six eleven guys who can eat, particularly yeah. Marvin Marvin Bagley. He, he he can eat, and since uh, Grayson has been running a point, he's been they've been really they've been running they're, they're very smooth on the floor to offense. They're very unstoppable on offense, and they're finally playing some defense. That two three zone has really saved Duke Stevens. Mm-hmm. They can you know that allows them to communicate and they use their quickness to get back and close passing lanes. It will be a it will be a fit for Kansas to handle if they get that far. Now I think I wouldn't be surprised if it's an all ACC final, the regional finals, like like uh, Elite Eight with Duke and Clemson going at it. But nevertheless, I have Duke coming out of that region. As far as the East goes, the East was pretty much I did I, I did by far the best in the East because it's pretty much damn near chalk. Villanova's in it, West Virginia's still in it. Uh, I got the Texas Tech wrong. I thought I didn't think Texas Tech would get this far, but I think it's going to come down between Villanova and Purdue. Still, that's still on, on track, and I think Villanova—they're just too good. They're they're too good. Um, West Virginia could can give them a good game in Boston, um, but I, I don't think they have the horses to hang with Villanova. That backcourt, Villanova, man, it's it's one of the best backcourts this season. Yeah, uh, you know those guys are unstoppable and. What can you say? Jay Wright is the man. He's a wizard. I mean, he, I mean, he, he in those nice tailored suits <laughs> that he wears, uh, looking like, like looking like a monster and whatnot. But his boys are balling, man. And I still think we're still in a collision course with Villanova and Duke on that side of the bracket in the Final Four. And I completely agree with you. Um, I, I was under the impression that. You know, I, I didn't think uh, West Virginia would make it this far. And, and just like right. you, I, I thought that they would actually have issues with uh, with Murray State. But, you know, they were capable of beating uh, beating the Thoroughbreds, and, and they were also able to move on and beat the Thundering Herd of, of Marshall to move on to, to the play right. against Villanova. But I think uh, Big Hug is going to have some issues against that front court of, of Villanova. Um, Texas Tech is another one of those schools who I didn't see. Well, actually – I was hoping that they would lose to, to Stephen F. Austin. I just thought it just sounded great that they were playing against Stone Cold Steve Austin University on on on, on 315 <laughs> instead of 316 for those wrestling fans out there. But, you know, that's what happens when yeah. I, I let insanity come in and make picks for me instead of just going with uh, a, a same pick. But I did have Villanova yeah. and Purdue moving on to the finals in the East, and I do have Villanova coming out of the East in my bracket. Actually, that's the only bracket where I actually have two teams still left in my Sweet 16. Go figure. Mm. Like you said earlier, um, I actually had Duke falling to Michigan State. Who knew, uh, to your point, that they would lose to to Syracuse? And the fact that Syracuse has been able to move on in the first two rounds without scoring 60 points yet in a game says volumes about their defense and, and how much uh, uh, trouble their two three can cause a team, but being that one Duke has seen this two three before and dominated mm-hmm. it, and two they won the two three themselves, which is based upon Bayheim's uh, style of two three. They should already know how to navigate yep. through it. They, they shouldn't have any issues with it. I doubt very seriously that Syracuse holds them six because I think that's what Syracuse is going to need to do in order to advance. Which is why I have Duke beating Syracuse, and like you. Uh, Clemson could beat Kansas, 
But I got Kansas moving on, and I actually have Kansas losing to Duke with Duke moving on to the Final Four. Now with my revised bracket, because um, God knows mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about my NC <laughs> State, Michigan State um, original bracket coming out of the Midwest <laughs> because of how stinky that is right, right now. That's just a rotten corpse yeah. just looking right now. Um, <laughs> waiting to, to become abused by whatever zombie that wants to eat it. But, yeah, it, it, it's right. going to be interesting to see Villano- Villanova Duke Final Four coming out of that side of the bracket. And potentially, even though we haven't gotten that far yet, this is a, um, a, another bracket in the West. We have four teams that are all between three and nine with teams in, in, in Gonzaga, Florida State, Michigan, and, and um, Texas A&M. I, I only had Gonzaga out of those four moving to the Final Four. I, I, I didn't see mm. Florida State actually beating Xavier, even though I told no one did. again, <laughs> no one saw it happening, but it was possible because yeah. of, of, of this parity. And the same thing, I had Houston beat Michigan. But it took a buzzer beater for them in order to advance. And like I said earlier, God knows I didn't have Texas A&M moving over uh, the University of Carolina to move on. But I, I didn't need it, but I'm happy about it. <laughs> it it's going to be very interesting if Texas well, A&M moves on and, and beats Michigan, which actually I, I, I can see happening. If, if that Texas A&M team, if that, if that Aggie team that played against Carolina comes into this Michigan game, they advance to mm-hmm. the Elite Eight and face the winner of the Florida State Gonzaga game. Yeah, yeah. So now that we're since we're already talking about it, uh, we might as well get to our final four picks post chaotic opening <laughs> weekend in the NCAA tournament. We all agree that Villanova and Duke's going to make the final four and play each other to right to go to the final game. I mm-hmm. think it's going to be on the other side of the bracket, Kentucky and Gonzaga. Florida State's a great, a great year. It's a great story this year. No one expected them to get past. No one expected them to get past Missouri almost. But nevertheless, here they are. Uh, but Gonzaga, they're they're still a great team. They're different from last year's squad, but they're still gamers. They're still grinders. They can get they get after you. And Kentucky again, they can just moonwalk the asses from Atlanta to the Final Four. I don't see anybody who's left stopping it. So. <laughs> It's basically going to come down between Coach Cal and uh, Gonzaga, Mark Few, who's one of the best coaches in the business, in my opinion. And I think Mark Few's going to get his Gonzaga boys back to the final where they'll lose to another ACC team in Duke. Um, mm-hmm. So they're going to be bridesmaids. Once again, they're, they're pretty much going to be like Butler was, like way back when, when, Matt Stevens, when, when, Brad, when Brad Stevens took them to back-to-back title games. on yeah. them to come up short twice. Um but one thing, one more thing, I got to say about this book before I move to my final topic concerning the NCAA tournament is how weird is it that you have, as far as ACC goes, two of your basketball blue bloods are out, and two of your football blue bloods are in. Those the basketball blue bloods, UVA and Carolina, mm-hmm. now, and Florida State and Clemson. On the Sweet 16, <laughs> in red impressive fashion. Who, again, Stranger Things. That's, a, that's the theme of the damn podcast. It's the big tournament. Stranger Things. 
the two football schools in the ACC made it before the two basketball blue bloods in the Sweet 16. That's that's just that's just if that's not hilarious, I don't know what is. Really no, I'm gonna that. give you real hilarity. Let me give you a little real hilarity. Okay. And this is coming out of the West bracket. Okay. This is this is actually part two to what I like to call. Uh, what I actually referred to when I was, was talking to you about the MEAC uh, men's basketball conference tournament and a Hampton win being very petty. This could be petty bowl part two in that West bracket mm-hmm. if it turns out to be FSU versus Texas A&M, especially when it refers to college football, especially oh, yeah. which has happened this past off season. So you get the FSU fans who are still spurred because of what happened to them this past football season. And lo and behold, what happens if they beat Gonzaga and, and Texas A&M moves on? You, you get that budding rivalry coming up in, in, in basketball, which probably would have never happened on the football field, which would be hilarious and, and, and probably uh, very entertaining and very heated on the side of the FSU fans. Oh, wow. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> People are going to be bringing in <laughs> Jeff Fisher. No, Jeff Fisher, but, Brett, but uh, Jimbo Fisher. Who Jimbo Ball. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they just hang him up in effigy and whatnot. You know, the answer of the day, I'll give you this. No matter, no matter how much we, like, we bag on him, they have an interesting sense of humor. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that second round matchup between, that sub between that possible went from possible to actually happening, West Virginia and Marshall. In the second yeah. round, that was cool. That was that was cool as hell. I don't know if they play in the regular season or not. I think they, they do. Don't. But to see, they don't. Oh, I'm sorry. They okay. don't. Okay. They, they haven't in years. They should. actually talked about that. Well, they should because yeah, they had the governor at the game who's a marshal grad by the way, whose family went with, uh, with the marshal. Uh, mm-hmm. I think his spouse and his parents and his, I know his children did. Um, He's he's a really a Marshall fan, but he's upon asked like after being asked who's he pulling for and and whatnot. He had his first was for the Marshall in West Virginia University tie. They had both of them on there, and he mm-hmm. repeatedly dodged a question by saying this is a good <laughs> this is a good great moment for the state of West Virginia, which I felt it was to have the governor wearing the tie colors of both squads. And just you could see it in his voice, you could tell in his demeanor. He was beaming with pride. He was yeah. beaming with pride to have these two schools. And why not? Those two schools going at it with the stakes that, that you know, like, like, like with high stakes, not the highest per se, but still a second round of NCAA tournament. I mean, mm-hmm. that that was a cool moment. That had to be one of the coolest moments I, I've witnessed. And, and he was smart for not answering that question. Being that yeah. you know this, that that Very state smart. is a blue and gold state, and um, right, a lot of his constituents, uh, not just a lot of his constituents are, are probably, if not alums of, but fans of, uh, v, right. uh well, WVU, and and he knew better, he knew better, and, and and I wouldn't have blamed him for rooting for his alma mater. Matter of fact, I wish he would have had right. the cojones to say I'm rooting for Marshall. That's where I went. That's where my yeah. money went. That's where my heart is. I'm rooting for him, but I'm I'm hoping for a great game from both sides. But um, yeah, that was a right. situation that they actually talked about. It's it's almost um, 
God, what was that? It's, it's almost A&T in Winston-Salem State-esque in a sense where it, it, it was, it was, it, 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 Huggy made it seem like it was Marshall's fault. My thought is it's probably yeah. an issue that comes down to money, of course, where one thing, uh-huh. probably Marshall, one of the biggest split of the gate, uh, and, and, and West Virginia wasn't having it, and they probably wanted to play them in Morganton, and, and, and West Virginia didn't want to have it. So I, I can, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, not Morganton, but um, Huntington. I'm sorry, that's where Marshall was located. Huntington. Yeah, so they probably wanted them to come to Huntington, and and and, and West Virginia was probably like, nah, we don't want to do it. You know, if you're gonna play us, you're gonna play us uh, in Morganton, and, and that's probably why they haven't played each other. Well, they should do it the way, kind of like the way, and, and Marshall has to swallow his pride, but they probably mm-hmm. have to do it the way Central does it with Duke every year. They have the Bulls, yeah. quote-unquote, Bulls City Classic. It's a local thing, not a state thing, but it's mm-hmm. a great one for the city of Durham. It's, it's well attended, and they do the same in football. They, they did, you know, they Central comes to, to, um, to, to Duke's side of Durham every year, and, you know, it's great for both schools. It's good for exposure for Central, and you know Central gets paid. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it, you know, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, I think it'd be great if Marshall and West Virginia could work something out similar, similar to that. Marshall yeah. has to realize that that West Virginia is the A side, and 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 you know not the B side. So they just have again. They Marshall has to swallow its pride and, and try to get that done. Now if they could make play in Charleston. And, and divvy it up 60-40 ish, that'd be great too. It would. Um, it'd probably be better actually. But you know, either way, I think they, they, I think those two programs should play, uh, especially in football. I don't think they play each other in football, so they 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 need to make that right too. So what, mm-hmm. we'll get y'all out here on this again. The theme of this podcast and the tournament has been Stranger Things. <laughs> what the hell happens to Pac-12? They're the only school. I mean, so they're the only conference that had all of its schools lose their opening games. U.S. <laughs> like, uh, I'm sorry, UCLA, Arizona State both lost their playing games. Uh-huh. Arizona State got the asses kicked by Buffalo. I mean, it's, it's almost as if Arizona's trying to get their coach Sean Miller fired. But that's not progress for life for another day. But to, to see. To see the Pac-12 only get three teams in the NCAA tournament, and if you factor that with what happened in the bowl season in college football, those bowl, that conference is like a whopping one and twelve. Yeah. Twelve in their postseason games. One and freaking twelve. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. That conference has come a long way when you talk about, especially when, you, when you're talking about uh, college basketball greats with, with the, the, U, the USC squads and the powerhouse that yeah. UCLA once was at one point in time. Arizona had great teams. Um, only for it to come down to what it is now, there's no way yeah. you would have told me that this, 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 this conference has become what it, what it is. But, you know, there's been a lot of distractions out West as well with the FBI probe with, with, with Arizona, with right. the whole theft in China with UCLA, which was many, many moons ago, even though it wasn't the beginning of the season, you still end up losing. Right. You know, even with them losing uh, ball 
I forget the other guy's name, but he was supposed to have been great depth for that UCLA squad, which would have been which would have been a, a great help when it comes to their rotation. And it's something that they were you know going to have to go ahead and and, and have to, to to fight through, which they did, and, and unfortunately it, it didn't uh, reap any benefits this year. But God, for for them to come up as empty as they have in both major sports yeah. in the in, in this season alone. It's astronomical. I, I don't, and I guess it's only because we, we probably haven't paid attention to it as much, and and, and mm-hmm. especially within a conference that at one point in time used to be so dominant. Of course, there are probably conferences that have probably whiffed this heavily in both uh, football and basketball before in the past. But yeah. being, I don't think anyone on, on the level of a Pac-12 or a Power Five conference, I should say, has done it like this that we know of immediately. Somebody will probably find it. But you know, in in, right. in 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 recent history, I can't think of any. I can't think of any. This is just the Pac-12 is atrocious. The past couple of seasons, and and their major athletic sports, the money making sports, football, basketball, and with their with their with the finances, the conference on the on like on the horizon, but with all this, how poorly the Pac-12 networks performing, people mm-hmm. even think that the Big Twelve is going to be the one that's going to disintegrate. We've got to see in the next five years. It's going to be interesting, especially the ACC Network is going next year. And, yeah. you know, it's it's going to be very interesting. I mean, the, the Pac-12 is on the downside, on the downswing. And, you know, this is another podcast from the time, but um, a whole hour easily on realignment. But at any rate, you got to you got to wonder about the Pac-12 going forward, brother. But, uh it's this. It's where again, Stranger Things. Remember, they do have, they do have a network. I don't know if it's if it's yeah. here yet. I think it's, it's coming. But it's because not possible. Petrobody has a network, but it's not yeah. possible because they own it. Yeah. And you know exactly. they're not sponsored with Fox nor ESPN. So that's why they it, 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 it's 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 worrisome. And come combine that with the lack of performance in the postseason. But uh, oh yeah, again that's another podcast for another day, bro. We can go and piece an hour and a half about that alone. <laughs> but anyway, hey man, thanks a lot. Sorry about get, get, like uh, putting your podcast on the wrong day. It's no Monday, problem. not Thursday. No <laughs> problem. Right. Take care, brother. All right, you gonna- that's my guy, Dwayne Ash. Please check him out on his podcast. Please support every Monday night. On, on blog talk, talk radio as well as the sports blog, the yard slash HBCU sports. I'm almost afraid to check out the games this weekend because this is weird as the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Look the hell out. But until then, we'll see. But, but in the meantime, thank you all for tuning in to the podcast. This is the Clown Hour, Scott Burks, signing out. Oh, six. Good night. <laughs>